The glory of humanity is the difference, the differentiation, individuality of each person, and the fact that each individual is unique and irreplaceable, which makes each individual precious, precious, precious. I'd like to talk to you this afternoon about two classes of Americans, and it may not be the two classes you think of, but nonetheless, there are two distinct classes in America, and we have to break up. Break up. Break up. Break up. You don't get freedom peacefully. Anyone who is depriving you of freedom isn't deserving of, an, of a peaceful approach. We declare our right on this earth to be a man, to be a human being, to be respected as a human being, to be given the rights of a human being by any means necessary. Welcome to the Unrestrained Thoughts Podcast, a Utah-based program that focuses on ideas, politics, culture, and the current events going on in the world around us, whether locally or globally. I'm your host, David Iglesias. Welcome back to me and to everybody who is listening to this first podcast of 2022. So I've clearly, as everyone who, uh, anybody who's been following my podcast um, has probably noticed it's been a few months since I, well, I think two months, two and a half months since I've last put out an episode. And I think this is only my third official episode. So I apologize for slacking and want to thank everyone for being patient with me as I've been doing this. To kind of give you a brief explanation, I have been fairly busy the last couple months with a bunch of personal projects and things going on, and it just didn't allow me a lot of time to focus on podcast content. I've been um, taking on a new internship, which has been giving me the opportunity to learn a lot about the Utah legislature process, basically you know, how um, we make laws in this state during January through March. And so I've been getting to experience that and get a closer look as to who the key players are, who the representatives are, the legislators, senators, all the elected officials, and just how all that stuff works. So basically, I've been, a bunch of my time has been taken up by that, and then I'm still working part-time. And I've also been working on some other stuff, trying to push, uh, well, we're going to be pushing legislation for next year, me and some people, not not the group I'm interning with. And that's something I'm really excited to talk about in the future, but that's for a different podcast. So let me officially kick off this new year, this new, uh, this first podcast by saying I hope everyone had a wonderful set of holidays, a happy new year, uh, happy Valentine's Day if you celebrate that. And yeah, whatever other things have been going on, I hope it's been great for everybody and that they've been able to start this year on a positive note because Lord knows we need it. (laughs) We all deserve to have a good year finally. And I think, I don't know, I'm hoping it looks politically like the COVID stuff is going to be kind of calming down a little bit. I mean, maybe not, but I feel like I've been seeing a lot less hysteria I mean, there's still a lot of it, but it seems like people are kind of coming to the realization that a lot of this has been bullshit. And what they've been trying to do in getting everybody to act one way and prohibit people from society 
based on certain things. Um, they're start everyone's starting to realize that you know this is just not this is not an effective way to go about living life, and it's not based in reality. So, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna kick it off better, I think, this year. I've already been having a better year, so hopefully you have been too. So anyway, let's get back it. Let's get into it. So this podcast episode, I wanted to focus on a specific piece of legislation that I have been watching uh, go through the process up in Salt Lake during this whole political session. And there's been a lot of interesting bills and a lot of things worth talking about, but this one I thought would be good because it allows me to, A, focus on Utah con- or Utah-specific events, so it's relevant to everyone, most everyone, I think, who listens to this and myself. And then also it will allow me to go in a little bit of the principles that I hold when I, as far as the way I look at the world and politics and, and society. So I think it's a good balance between the two. Now, the bill that I'm looking at, it's called, uh, the title of the bill is HB60, 60, Vaccine Passport Amendments. And this bill is sponsored by Representative Bro- Walt Brooks. And basically, the gist of it, you know, I've got it pulled up here on the Utah government legislature website. It says, the bill enacts a prohibition on the use of an individual's immunity status by places of public accommodation, governmental entities, and employers. And it highlights the bill, some of the points saying, this bill would, or it makes it unlawful for a place of public accommodation to discriminate against an individual based on the individual's immunity status. Also, with certain exceptions, prohibits a governmental entity from requiring proof of immunity status. With certain exceptions, makes it unlawful discrimination, makes it unlawful discrimination for an employer to require proof of immunity status and prohibits a governmental entity or employer from requiring an individual to receive a vaccine. So the gist of the bill, you can go in and I'll link to it. There's a whole code and everything. It's not that long, but you know, I'll I'll summarize it. Essentially what they're go- what they're trying to do is the opposite of what Biden was just doing. How the Biden administration and lots of governors across the country were trying to mandate that people got vaccinated. This is kind of the same thing but in the opposite direction. It's prohibiting from requiring vaccination status or sorry, from requiring a proof of vaccine, both in public places and private places. Now, what does that mean? It just means publicly would be any government uh, sponsored, funded entity or place. So anywhere that, you know, the state is in charge of the event or the location, they, this bill would prohibit them from doing that. Now they did pass a bill last year that basically did that that was prohibiting the mandate of getting vaccinated in Utah, which is great. I completely support that bill. I, I don't think anyone should be mandated to get vaccinated. Wow, that's a lot of aids. But anyway, it is immoral to force somebody to get injected with a experimental substance or vaccine or whatever. It's not appropriate to force somebody to put something into their body and to control them. Essentially, it's controlling 
how people behave, act, and where they can go and how they can participate ultimately in the marketplace and in, in commerce and in exchange with other people. It's it's controlling when and where they can socialize ultimately. But this bill, HB 60, is different. And I actually have a problem with this bill. And I know this is going to be maybe probably a surprise to those who know me and who know my politics and have known, watched how I've reacted in my own personal life to things like my own, the place where I work, the company I work for, um, they were getting ready to force us to get vaccinated or show proof of negative test or lose our job ultimately was the decision. And I was livid. I was so angry. And again, that's maybe it's not, it's not wholly on the company. This was because of the Biden administration, but still, even before the Biden administration was doing shit like that, the company was already making certain decisions, not, not necessarily the specific location I worked at, but the, the organization that oversees other locations, all the different, um, stores, I should say. I don't want to give out the, the name of the place where I work. If you know where I work, then you know. So I was having a huge issue with that, and I think it was wrong for them to do that. However, I also think it is wrong. Everyone agreed that it was wrong for the government to come in and try to force employers and force people to get vaccinated or force other people to be vaccinated in order to work. Um, it's the same thing when you're prohibiting that kind of a discrimination. And I know the word discrimination, we're all supposed to you know, steer away from that word and be afraid of it or view it with uh, a negative attitude. But in in reality, discrimination is something we engage in every single day. It's really discrimination is just preference. It's demonstrated preference. I discriminate against certain foods, against certain types of clothing. Like we discriminate in lots of areas. But in this case, we're talking about discriminating against certain people, which that's when things get very touchy and very sensitive, and rightly so. Um, it's wrong to discriminate in a lot of cases against certain people based on intrinsic characteristics that they cannot control, things that they're not, um, or maybe that would be extrinsic, external, I don't know. I like to pretend I know words. <laughs> but discrimination on things that people really don't have control of, like their sex, their race, the color of their hair, the, um, well, I was going to say the religion they practice, but that, that's something they can choose. But still, it's wrong to discriminate, discriminate on that. And I would agree, it is inappropriate, it is immoral, it is wrong to discriminate against people based on their vaccination status, based on their personal decisions for uh, when it comes to health care and how they take control of their life. This bill is telling businesses how they are allowed to operate. And that, to me, is a huge problem for a lot of reasons. But first and foremost, it is, it is violating what we call property rights. And that is something that I don't think a lot of people fully understand or take into consideration, along with the greater implications of what the proper what property rights um, entail. So ultimately, for like, if we take it all the way back to the individual, 
the individual owns themselves. And that might sound funny. It might sound a little silly to say, yeah, somebody owns themselves, but they do. I mean, I can't think of a better way to put it other than, you know, autonomy. Nobody owns me. Nobody can control my thoughts and my actions. They might be able to impose their will upon me and they might be able to use co uh, coercion and force to get me to do something. But ultimately, I am in full control of myself, period. And it is wrong for me to try to control somebody else because we would all agree that trying to impose your will on someone else is not a good thing and it crosses boundaries. And then once we, once we go on from that point to property, things that you own, things that you obtain and you create, you purchase, you find, well, I guess maybe find could be a little bit iffy, but things that you own, that is an extension of yourself. It doesn't, doesn't mean that if someone breaks something of yours that they're breaking you, but it just means that that ownership extends from the ownership you have of yourself. You can't own other things if you don't even own yourself. So when it comes to businesses, I am a property rights maximalist, supremacist. I don't know. That's, a, that's kind of a bad word but <laughs> in today's lexicon. But um, I think that whenever we make decisions, especially when it comes to policy and it comes to government, we should always keep in mind the individual. That should be the only thing that's kept in mind is the individual and property rights and their individual rights. Because once you start violating that, there's it's a slippery slope. That is a door that once you open it, it is very hard to close. And the government, politicians, they will fully exploit whatever leeway you give them. And then they will just open that hole wider and wider and wider. So in this case, why do I support allowing businesses to discriminate against unvaccinated people. It's not that I think that's okay. It's not that I support such a, in my opinion, immoral and just stupid decision. But it's that once we allow for certain exceptions, we, we all agreed that government should not be allowed to force them to require proof of vaccination. But if we allow them to force businesses to not discriminate based on vaccination, that's a problem. It's, it's not being consistent. It's, it's hypocrisy, frankly, because the principle is that the government doesn't have a right to tell you how to run your business, how to live your life. And that applies both ways. And frankly, there might be scenarios, there might be certain situations where, you know, it is appropriate for the business owner to make that decision. Maybe they, let's say that there, it's a small business. It's some guy who runs us a, a little convenience store and it's just him. And maybe he has health risks. Maybe he is vulnerable to COVID or she, whatever. Well, if they want, if they feel unsafe and they want to discriminate, that's completely within their right. And you can't necessarily blame them. Now we can get into the debate about all the facts of the science and all that. And trust me, I've done it a million times with people. I have those conversations, but I don't want to get bogged down on that in this episode. I just want to focus on merely the person's 
ability and their right to do that. In this case, I would say, you know what? I don't blame them if they're worried about it and they actually are at risk, but they do need to run their business. Sure. It's not fair for the government to, to tell them they're not allowed to do that. And on the other hand, businesses like, for example, there's a restaurant that I really, really like in Salt Lake City. Man, it's one of my favorite types of food. And they have incredible dishes there. Unfortunately, they are still to this day discriminating against unvaccinated uh, patrons. And that is really unfortunate for me. That sucks because I'm not allowed to go in there simply because of my vaccination status. I think that's wrong. And it's stupid because it's prohibiting them from receiving my business, which I would, li would have liked to give to them. However, now, I don't really want to support them. Even if they allowed me, if they took away that ban, that restriction, I don't know that I would go there and give them my money because of the moral grandstand they took on you know, saying, hey, you're a bad person if you don't get vaccinated. That was the approach that they, on the announcement they made, more or less. And it was very insulting and demeaning to those of us who decided the risks outweighed the benefits. And now I, I don't know, you know how much of a hit they took, or maybe, maybe there's so many people out in Salt Lake that they, they love that, and so it enticed them. I know, I, I know personally some people who said, oh, man, let's go give them our money because they're, they're, they're discriminating against unvaccinated people, and that was a good thing to them, which I think is wrong on so many levels. But there is a certain power that we have as a consumer when businesses do things that we're not okay with. And we've seen that over the last few, like five years at least with the whole, during the Trump administration and even today with the whole cancel culture and stuff. And I, you know, I think cancel culture as we have seen it today is very toxic and is very, very dangerous. However, where it comes from is the ability of the consumer to take their money where they want to take it. I don't want to support businesses that I know hold values. I mean, I don't, I don't select businesses solely because they share my values, but if I know that they're actively demeaning certain values that I hold dear or they're upholding values that I don't agree with, I don't want to give them my business. And I would kind of like to know if there is a business owner who thinks less of a person because they're not vaccinated, I don't want them to have my money. In fact, I would encourage people not to give them their money. And then that will, if enough people are able to impose that consequence, not impose, you know, using force and violence, but they are able to withhold their money, enough people do that, that's going to take a serious, that business is going to take a serious hit and there's going to be a consequence. When you allow businesses and people to face the consequences of their actions, it is a lot more effective for changing things in our communities, and our society. Using governmental force is not productive. Sure, it might be an efficient way to clamp down on something, and even then it's not that efficient because there are black markets. There are underground economies. People will still break the law, and people will still live their life even if the government says otherwise, especially when it's things that aren't even criminal activity. There's a difference between saying someone is a criminal because they will not put a certain substance in their body 
versus making someone a criminal because they stole someone else's property or even hurt someone or killed them, God forbid. There is a large difference in what that quote-unquote crime is. Only one of them really is a crime. Now, again, I return, sorry, I may have gone off on a tangent. I return back to this point of why I'm against this bill. I do not support government intervention in any way, shape, or form. I'm considered by many an extremist in this sense. And I admit I am a very radical um, market capitalist, I guess you'd say. I, I think the market is the only way that we solve problems. Not saying the market is in profits only in companies and businesses. I believe in voluntary interactions. I don't believe in coercive ones like the government coming in and using the threat of violence and jail time to get you to do something. And I hold that consistent for things that I might even disagree with, like prohibiting businesses from requiring a vaccination status or a vaccine, vaccine passport or negative test. I would rather lose my job and go get a new one than allow the government to force a company to do something. Because once they do that, once you open that door, down the road, years from now, we can't anticipate how the situation is going to come about. No one anticipated that the world would go this crazy. I mean, maybe some people did. There are a lot of conspiracies that did come true, so I guess maybe I do stand corrected. However, we can't foresee the different ways that the government is going to use certain behaviors and certain exceptions that we granted in the past to push for things moving forward. Oh, well, you guys allowed, you You said that, you know, you don't want the government to interfere in business, but man, you guys were real quick to, to support governments forcing businesses to accept certain, uh, or all, all people, regardless of vaccination status. Yeah, that's, that's something that is going to definitely be used against you down the road. And for me, principles are what we should focus on. It's not this game of, oh, well, my side, I'm always going to err on my side of things. We need to have principles and know where we stand and why we stand on those where we do. And for me, it's all about property rights. It's hilarious because in, some, in the committee when I was listening, <laughs> they were, there were people who were actually saying, well, these companies need to remember that we have rights and I have rights. And I've heard this all through you know, when businesses were trying to make decisions, I have rights. And you're right, you do have rights. But so do the business owners who run those businesses. They have rights too. And they have rights over their property. For example, let's say I built a little shack in my backyard. Let's set aside, you know, whatever actual restrictions, city code might prohibit me from doing that. We're just hypothetical here. I build a little shack in my backyard and I decide, hey, I'm going to sell food here. However, I don't want people coming onto my property unless they're vaccinated. Why? Because I live with someone who is at risk, at very high risk, who has cancer, who uh, the, the flu could kill them. So I'm going to be very discriminatory against who can come and come in here. Should the government be able to force me by law to not do that? Should they be... Should Do customers have the right to come onto my property and to come buy my products? 
Do they have a right to that? Because if they have a right, that means I owe them, I'm obligated to give them that product. I'm obligated to serve them. There is no obligation. That's completely absurd. I am not obligated to give anything to anybody for business. Just like I have no right to customers. Customers don't owe me anything. They don't owe me their money. They don't owe it to come buy my products, even if I'm friends with them. Nobody owes me that. There's no right that I have to consumers. I have to earn that. I have to convince them. I have to persuade them that I have a superior service or product that they want to come get. And any sort of interference with that is wrong. Any sort of interference that gives me favor or gives the customer favor is wrong. That's not how the marketplace works. That's how intervention works. And every time you get government intervention, it causes an imbalance and it causes major, major problems in, uh, in the economy and just in, in society in general. And one of those problems, as we've seen over the years, well, over the last couple of years, is the culture war. We are right now living through a white-hot culture war, if you haven't noticed. We are living in a time of unimaginable divisiveness. And maybe you could argue, oh, we just see it more because of social media, blah, blah, blah. But I really do believe that the amount of divisiveness we live through now is worse than any time I can even imagine in my life. I have never seen such hatred and such disgust for even people who are like family and friends, those who know each other. I There are people that I've interacted with and that I know who I have no doubt, I'm almost certain, look down on me or think less of me because of my politics, because of the way that I view the world. And that be, simply because ultimately I believe in voluntary interactions. I don't believe in, in forcing people to do things. Now, what happens when you force societies or force people in a community to associate with each other? Is that a good thing? Does that really result in any positive outcomes when you force integration? And I know people are going to start jumping into the whole, you know, <laughs> during the civil rights era, you know, we're, we're we, you know, are, we're better off now because, you know, the government forced integration and thanks to Martin Luther King, you know, we forced people to accept each other. You can't force people to accept each other that you just can't do that. And I don't mean like, oh, you're not allowed to. I mean, you literally cannot force people to get along. You can do as much as you can to incentivize and convince them and make them get along. It's, it's, you can try as much as you want. But ultimately, it has to be a voluntary decision. And why would you want to force them? Because if you, why would you want to force somebody who views another person as subhuman to coexist with each other? Why not let them separate? In any other situation, marriages, dating, friendships, even family, we do not give this, this ridiculous idea of, you know, I mean, there are actually people, that's true, even with, there are some people who think because it's family, you have to allow them to be in your, part of your life and you have to associate with them no matter what. They're family. You have, to, you have to be there with them. I call bullshit on that. If your family is that toxic, you have family that views you as subhuman. They think you are not a good person because of a superficial activity 
or because of a personal choice that you've made that hasn't harmed anybody, that hasn't really affected even them. It's just a personal decision or a way that you view the world. You should not be forced to associate with them. And it's probably better that you don't. And in, if you've heard, I'm, my intro to the podcast is new. It's not the same one I had before. It is, it is fairly long. I know it's like a minute. However, I chose that intro because I really liked what each of those clips had to say. I really like what each of those individuals represents. And in particular, the second quote, the second clip was given by the president of an organization that I fully support and I encourage everyone to check out called the Mises Institute. His name is Jeff Deist. He's the president. Jeff was giving a lecture on um, basically this idea that we need to break up as a country. It is time that we really look at what's going on. We have some self-evaluation and realize places like Utah are share almost nothing in common with places like New York or California. There is little that they see eye to eye on. You look at the politics of somewhere like Wyoming versus the politics of somewhere like New Jersey. They don't really they don't really coincide as far as I know. I know that the policies here in Utah are nowhere like California and thank God I do not want to live in somewhere like California. I love the geographical area. I have family and friends there. That place is gorgeous and it's a damn shame that it's in the condition it's at. But why should we be forced to share a government? Why should we be forced to live, coexist in this society that we clearly can't stand each other? And when I say we, I, it, is, it is a little broad and, and whatever, but there's no reason that if we can't see eye to eye that we should be living together, that we should be coexisting. I'm not saying that we need to have war and fight and kill each other. We need to separate. And that's what Jeff Dice was saying in my intro. It's time that we break up. And that is getting back. Sorry, I need to bring it back to the bill, what we're talking about. Utah, because again, I'm trying to be Utah specific. We should be allowing people to organize themselves how they see fit. If they want to separate themselves and they want to live in their area and they want a society that is so restrictive and so demanding of people that you have to have a vaccine card and you have to be updated every six months and you have to have proof of negative test, all these ridiculous hurdles you have to jump through in order to, to participate in society, let them do that. You know, I don't want any part of it. Let them, you know, like there's no reason that I should be involved in doing business with them or associating with them. If I want to, I will. And if I will, then that means I have to agree to their standards or their terms, just like they have to agree to mine if they want to come interact with me. I don't let people come into my house if they're just going to disrespect it. And I'm not going to go into someone else's house just to disrespect them. That doesn't do any good. And bills like this that try to force integration, that try to force people to behave a certain way, they do not ultimately benefit us in the long run. I get the spirit of it, and I actually support the spirit of it. I'm so tired of these vaccine requirements. It's ridiculous, especially now where we know the things we know. The science has clearly favored those of us who actually decided to take 
personal choices regardless of the consequences. And I know people are going to be angry and debate me on that, but I'm sorry. I'm just calling bullshit. <laughs> I, I'm fine. I, almost everyone I know is fine. It's time to move on, and it's time to we stop trying to force people how to live their lives, whether it's that they should accept everybody or that they shouldn't accept everybody. It doesn't matter. The government should not be involved in these affairs. It's ridiculous. It takes away your power as a consumer to punish peacefully, I would add, financially, those businesses that don't uphold your values. And it allows you to associate with those you want to associate, which allows for greater peace. I would love if we could get to a point where in Utah and in the world, everywhere, when it comes to different cultures and different societies that don't agree with each other, the only thing they have to worry about is commerce and trade because commerce and trade benefit everybody. That's the beauty of the market. It encourages people to set aside their biases. It encourages them to get over their, their distastes and things they don't like and engage with each other in a minimal sense. Doesn't mean you have to appreciate everything that the person does or what they believe and what they want to do. You don't have to share their values, but it encourages peaceful, voluntary actions. That's what the market does. And government always interrupts that action, even when it is in the sense of this idea of, oh, we're forcing it open. We're forcing the market to be fair and we're forcing it so everybody can cooperate. That is so count. That's like, that's like as ridiculous as this notion of going and spreading democracy across the globe using the military and using missiles and bullets and bombs to spread quote-unquote democracy, to rig elections in other countries and to overthrow regimes and, and elected officials because we don't think that they will uphold our values as a country. And I say our loosely because I don't believe in that. And I don't think that they... The U.S. government represents me in that sense. Anyway, I sorry, I could, I could go on a huge tangent about foreign policy and all that. And I will, actually, in episodes talking about that because this is it's a subject very near and dear to me. However, if we want peaceful cooperation and a society that is no longer at each other's throats, we have to get over these ridiculous ideas where we force people to, to behave a certain way and to coexist. You can't do that. And I think the sooner that we can get over those kind of ideas, the sooner we are going to approach peace. And I know there's people who are going to call me a, a utopian and say that I live in this fairy land of just, you know, non-existence. It's all just, uh, I don't live in the real world. No, I do live in the real world. And I do very much see the consequences of what happens when you use force against other people to get your way, even if it is in a quote-unquote justifiable scenario. I believe in using force to defend yourself and to protect yourself and your property and your family. I don't believe in offensive force to make people do things. That's just wrong. And this bill, it passed the committee. So that means it's still got to go through the House, and if it passes the House, it's got to go through the Senate, and then the governor's got to sign it. I hope that this bill does not pass. I hope it doesn't make it. 
And I know that will upset people because they disagree with me and they think that we should force businesses to not discriminate. I, I just disagree there. And I don't, I don't completely disagree with everything in the bill because um, when it comes to public places, when it comes to government, that's a different scenario. Government is not a voluntary organization. It is a coercive, violent, forceful organization. They forcibly take our money from us with the threat of violence or jail or ultimately death. If we resist fully all the way, they take our income and then they distribute it in the way that they say they think is appropriate. Sure, they give this facade of we get to vote and we get to have a say, but it's bullshit. They're going to do what they think because they're the experts. They know better than you how to run your life and how to organize society. When they forcibly take your money and then they exclude you from participating in the places that your money helped fund, that is evil. It's already evil that they're stealing from you. Taxation is theft. Plain and simple. Just get that in your head. The sooner you do the clearer things will be and the easier life will maybe be. The more, ang- yeah, it'll make you more angry, but it's an important thing to understand. When they take your money and they use it to fund things that then they're going to say, oh, sorry, you're not allowed because your vaccination status, that is bullshit. They don't get to discriminate against you because they've forced that relationship with you. There is no voluntary interactions between you and the government. It's all forceful. So they don't get to force you to give them, to fund them, and then exclude you because you don't meet their their requirements. That is absurd. That is immoral on so many different levels. It's pure evil to do that to somebody. So I would agree with legislation that says governments are not allowed to exclude people from public places. I, that's where I stand right now. Maybe someone could convince me or change my mind, but I just don't think that there is any case for a government to exclude you from public places. Sorry, excuse me. And that's part of this bill. I do, I'm okay with that. I don't mind telling the government to f- go fuck themselves and, you know, leave me alone. Please, we need more of that. But not telling businesses what to do as well. That should not be something we approach. That's not the right way to handle problems like this in society, especially now. If businesses really do want to discriminate, I I personally think it's going to be a financial suicide. I don't think it's going to be a sustaining business model to discriminate against people just because of a vaccination status. But we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. But I don't want to live in a culture that does support that. If ultimately Utah did go into this crazy world of where overwhelmingly the cities believed in that approach, I would leave Utah. I wouldn't want to stay here. And it sucks. I know we get in this idea of like, well, Utah's been my home and I don't want to leave it and I shouldn't have to. You're right, you shouldn't. But at the same time, you don't own Utah. You don't have the right over, you know, Utah. Things change and it's important for that reason that you get involved and you you know, try to bring about the culture that you want. I hope we can bring about a culture of volunteerism and peace and cooperation and separation. I'm not saying that everybody should be segregated. Absolutely not. I think there is a beauty in, you know, all these multicultural 
parts of our, of our communities. I love seeing that, you know, I can go to an authentic Mexican restaurant and then go get some authentic Thai food. And maybe, maybe it's my ignorance to call it authentic, but I'm not talking about Panda Express or I don't even know of a fast food Thai restaurant, but I love that there's options. That's great. But there are certain cultural things that just do not coincide and they do clash to a point that we do need to separate. And I think that's something that we need to really start taking into consideration as well. In the spirit of this bill, I agree it's wrong to discriminate on things like this. However, it's also wrong to force integration of cultures and societies. If they can't coexist, it's time to break up. And I've probably been beating this dead horse for way too long. <laughs> I apologize if, you know, I've been running in circles. I've got to get back into this and get in a rhythm. So thank you for bearing with me. Thank you for the patience and for uh, sticking with me. Hopefully I won't be doing too many more just solo episodes. I really do want to uh, get more interviews. And I actually do, I think I have two interviews that I will podcast that I'm supposed to be appearing on in the future here coming up. But I want to start interviewing more people and get things brought to everyone's attention that I think matter and that you all would be either interested in or benefit from learning about. So stay tuned. And oh, yeah, I also wanted to mention, please let me know if you're listening. I, I really am interested to know who's listening, who you know, what your thoughts are, if you disagree, if you do agree, if you like something, dislike something, please let me know. If you find that there's any errors in, in the production of this, like I, my cousin, you know, he pointed out to me, hey, you know, this audio mix had some things here and there and we caught it and we had to fix it. So your feedback really does mean the world and it does help improve things. Both ratings, you know, if you give me a, a five-star rating or whatever, fantastic, I would appreciate that reviews, but also feel free to please contact me. You can reach out to me on Instagram. Uh, I actually just got a Twitter, you know, uh, within the last year. I'm on Facebook. Don't hesitate. I love talking to people. I love networking. I love hearing from everyone. So please do me that favor. And uh, yeah, I'll be looking to bring some more stuff to you guys soon. Thank you so much and have a wonderful rest of your day or morning or evening or whatever time of day. So take care. Thank you.